Hello and welcome back to the one-year anniversary show for the Spidey Dude Experience. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Zach Joyner. And uh, this episode, we're going to be covering talking the trailer for the new Spider-Man show, Far, or No Way Home, excuse me. Uh, we'll talk about some action figures. We'll talk about ASM and Sinister War. We got all sorts of goody things. We got a packed program for you tonight, but we always want to thank, of course, our good friends at Patreon.com slash Spidey Dude Network. We want to thank guys like Vinkman, Scott, Greg, and Jurgen. These guys are absolutely huge for us. We really do appreciate their time, their their patronage at patreon.com slash Spidey Network. Some goodies that are going to be coming very, very soon. More voices from the Erie uh, going to be put out to our Patreon subscribers uh, early before it goes out to the general public. So if you want to check out that show, you can always check it out at uh, patreon.com slash Spidey Network. Also want to uh, give a sh- uh, some, some goodies that are going to be coming very soon for the Patreon page. Uh, such as early shows, but also uh, the audio-only shows. They'll get them first as we get those caught up. We'll be getting those caught up this weekend. We got, we're got a little behind, but we'll get, we're going to get caught up. Of course, you can always check us out, uh, our other show, like Make Mine Mayday and this show, Spider Dude Experience. Really excited about it. Really excited to be here and be participating in it. And so, with that, we're going to get started. Thanks to our Patreon subscribers, so... I will make myself... There we are! Hey, everybody! Zach Joyner here. Uh, like I said, packed show. We're going to be talking a lot about a lot of stuff. We're going to be going through real, real quick through some of these things. Uh, some of these things you probably already know. Obviously, uh, the trailer dropped last week, but uh, we're going to be talking more about that here in a minute. But uh, got some uh, got some guests, of course. I don't always do... I don't do this alone. Got uh, himself, the man... <laughs> The man making cat noises for reasons, uh, and uh, yeah, so welcome, uh, a.k.a. Neil. Thank you. It's good to be here. And uh, we got Adam. Hello, Adam. Hello. Hello, Neil the Cat Man. <laughs> Neil the Cat Man. Uh, also, we'll have Greg Mashansky on. He'll be on in a couple of minutes. Uh, but no Paul tonight no poll uh unfortunately he lost his voice so he is voiceless and therefore he cannot participate shouldn't have, should, shouldn't have lost mm. it it's his fault he should this is all his fault <laughs> listen oh. laryngitis is nothing to sneeze at so uh yeah so welcome to the show everybody uh we got some people watching and we got some comments flowing through hello zach and the gang zach's rocking the cane beard oh just wait just wait uh, I, I was just talking about that. It's gonna Ra- get... raisin canes. That is the only place in Nebraska that you can get sweet tea. Really? In, in this little town that we're working in, that's the only place you can get sweet tea. It's sacrilege. Oh. All right. Vinkman says hello, hello, hello. Of course. Uh, thanks, guys, for watching. Um, thanks, thank you, Vinkman, for being a Patreon subscriber. Uh, hey to the gang. Glad to see you guys back. So, uh, like I mentioned, we're gonna be talking about a lot of stuff tonight. Uh, speaking of, I was just talking about him, and here he is from at from Erie, Greg XB. What were you saying about me? Uh, that you're, <laughs> that's what I was saying about you. <laughs> the, the host of Voices from the Erie, uh, Greg Bashansky, also 
for the how's record. That Galactus pre, how's that Galactus pre-order feeling for you? <laughs> well, I put it on the credit card, so I'm going to have to pay that off of the ne- off the next couple of months. But you know what? In the, about a year, I get a Galactus to show for it. And as for what voices, if it, what from if you me, never get it? God. And I then I joined the class action lawsuits, <laughs> dude. That thing, that thing yeah. at twenty seven thousand, twenty eight thousand, I think. Twenty eight thousand was the final. So like everybody was like him and Han that this thing wasn't going to make it fourteen, and then this thing just exploded and almost du- and doubled what their original back was. So it beat uh, the Sentinel, and the Sentinel's an army builder. Yeah, I did beat the Sentinel. Well, there was a lot of people that were like they hated they missed out on it last year. So I, I know there was. Look, I even uh, I even sent a tweet to uh, 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 Dan, who is the, the, one of the marketing guys. I said, uh, I hate that I couldn't get it. I just had I just got done moving six hundred miles, and I just couldn't put it in my budget. But uh, I'm glad that it got made, and I, I'm glad it's going to get made. I'm glad everybody's the community is going to enjoy it. So. I'm excited for everybody on the Galactus thing, but yeah, yeah. Greg's one of those guys that uh, backed it, so thank you, Greg. Uh, I will, uh, I will try to get it next year, and I will spend probably twice the amount of money that it costs, <laughs> or three times. Uh, well, we'll see, we'll see. You might end up with the Galactus in some form. We'll talk about that. And as for voices Ooh. from the Erie, as of less than five minutes ago, literally just before I clicked the link for Streamyard. Episode three is recorded, edited, and completely in the can. It's done and ready to go. So we got one episode to record, and then we're gonna start uh, promoting. We're gonna start promoting this thing pretty soon, and it's gonna get everything. I'm gonna be working on the behind the scenes stuff, getting it ready. Oh, and we're really excited about it. Um, super excited. So cannot wait. Uh, you guys uh, will love this show. I, I've I might have listened to the first episode, given that I'm. I got to <laughs> So, uh, because Zach's the, one, Zach's the one who cuts the check to make this show happen, so I think he's the one with the most vested interest. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm excited for it. It's gonna be uh, we're gonna have all new shows uh, coming out this year, you know, later on this year. Some some stuff that's Patreon exclusive, some stuff that's not. Yes, I'm still working on um, wrapping up CS, but then you know they bring back Ben Riley, and I don't know how I feel about that now. So you know, hey, uh, but we got to wrap up the Spencer run. So. Still not there yet, but we're getting there. Uh, but yeah, um, so let's talk about some news first. And I cannot share my screen because I no longer have an extra screen. Otherwise, I can't see you guys. <laughs> so if somebody wants to share their screen, that'd be great. okay. Um, can you send me a link to it? Or uh, yeah, let's do. Um, we're gonna talk. Uh, we don't have to. I don't have to send a link on this because I don't want to get copyright struck. But uh, the trailer right. for yeah. the trailer finally came out. So let's talk about that. Um, Eh. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Make you uh, on this show? Wow. Um, I, I want it to be good. I mean, I, I hope that Alfred Molina and Willem Dafoe are there for reasons instead of just easy fan service. I mean, sure. Am I excited to see them again? Of course, I am. They're great, and they were great as those characters. But you yeah. know, I'm. I'm cautiously ambivalent. I mean, hopefully it'll be it'll be fine. Hopefully, I still have the feeling that they're chasing the Oscars that into the Spider Verse one. But I mean, it's mm. it's being released during Oscar bait season, so it's like it's probably oh, it's the, not going to win an Oscar. It'll win some technical Oscars probably, but but uh, yeah, it's it, it. But I mean, them releasing it in December. Um, 
Now, part of that's also pandemic too. So, uh, I'm excited for it. Uh, I I got I got hoodwinked on that fan made trailer that was really well done. <laughs> that made yeah, me too. Um, somebody made a fan made trailer and it was like throwing everybody all the names that have been rumored in there. Uh, Adam, what do you think? Uh, I'm I'd say I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I'm looking. Well, yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I hope I hope it's good. Um, if Toby shows up, I'm gonna cry in the theater. <laughs> oh, time. When I showed that fan trailer to my wife Sarah, mm-hmm. she literally screamed whenever she saw Toby on. The, I was like, I'm I, like, she goes, they better bring Toby. I was like, I don't know. You know what they should yeah, do to make it a real instant win? Have uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes and Josh Keaton on yeah. there delivering pizzas or yeah. something. Just that would be around. That would be awesome. Uh, there was like a there was a there was a rumor that like there was a rumor that like Toby was going to be in it as a pizza delivery guy and like Andrew Garfield was going to be like a paparazzi guy or something, which that that would be so. (laughs) Yeah, that would that be like a slap in the face. Like like I mean that would be totally a meme though where he like delivers the pizzas and be like pizza time and they're like oh god yeah. But that's it. That would probably be it. And it's like, oh, what was that? Listen, you know? Like, I, I got like people need to one. This could totally end up being another Wandavision situation where the fans sure. thought everything was going to be doing all this, Ooh. and like made expectations go high, but then everybody got disappointed. And so I don't yeah. want to see that from people, but. I'm I'm legitimately excited, Neil. I, I did, did you talk about this on Crawlspace? I didn't I didn't see. Uh, not yet. not not on like any podcast, but you know I've talked about it on the on the forum. Right. We talked about Alf, mm-hmm. we talked about Alpha Molina, how he did fit on the roof. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if I were a rich man, <laughs> all day long. <laughs> Last week I watched for that. The last movie I watched with Alfred Molina, and this is not a new movie at all, but you know, just the last thing I watched chronologically in my life, um, he ended up he ended up spiked to a wall. I think you can guess which movie that is. Blade. Uh, <laughs> oh come okay. on! He went through Harrison Ford back his whip. Oh oh! I'm oh, taking the idol. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Raiders from the Lost Ark. The, the first I thought, the, I thought you were saying the most. I thought you were saying the most recent thing he I, did. No, no, the most recent thing that I watched, not the most recent thing I did. I saw oh, it a million times. Uh, I just happened to watch it recently, again. Uh, so Venkman wants. Yeah, Venkman got. Venkman got it. He got it in the first try. He got Raiders. Venkman just wants MCU Spider-Man to be over and done with. I look. So one, I am glad that they are going to address the elephant in the room, and they're not just going to jump into the into the multiversal stuff. Uh, I never thought I'd see the day that uh, One Moment in Time was adapted. And we were talking yeah, yeah. talk about this uh, off air. But in Marvel, I trust because they took Civil War, a story that I did not like, and I didn't like the implications, and I didn't like how everything worked, and they made everything work. Um, I'm hopeful that this does not become Doctor Strange 2.5. Or right. one point five to two. Um, yeah. I, I want Spider Man to be driving the story, not not Steven. But I do enjoy the two Ditko characters being on the same, sharing the screen at the same time. I, I that that is a, a really cool 
element that I that I think. I I brought this up. Uh, yeah, on, found on, the wand of Watum. I I brought up on <laughs> on the Crawl Space Discord, but um, I I made a point that Doctor Strange has kind of taken Iron Man's place as like the sarcastic pop culture laden quip master. Mm. Yeah, I don't and know he was kind of he was kind of he was kind of already on his way to being that in the first movie where he's like the try me Beyonce gimmick right yeah yeah but like yeah. but like i'm but like now that iron man's dead now he ha- now he has the chance to take over full time uh, i guess it's just the character benedict cabbage patch wants to play <laughs> listen Shit, did i say it again uh <laughs> smaug i just want to say again. man i just want to say real quick disney better be giving the ditko family a big fat check <laughs> That's what I want to see. They don't pay anybody. No, but they they, they should pay, though. They don't pay uh, Brubaker, the guy who made the Winter well, Soldier, like any. They paid him five thousand dollars. They and, didn't pay Scarlett Johansson what she was. <laughs> they're going. They're going. They're not even paying the people who are in the movie. Hang on. Hang on. There you go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. Or there we go. Uh. Good job, Greg. Um, so yeah, no, I, I I'm super excited for it. Um, it. This made me the anticipation. I don't know why it took so damn long for us to get this trailer, but we finally got it. Uh, I thought I it was. Well, I, guess, I, I think they wanted all the hubbub from the from the, MC, from the other MC movies to die off, so Sony could get some some of that sweet sweet marketing money, and it paid off. I'm gonna be honest. It, looking mm-hmm. at the market, looking at and get the metrics, mm-hmm. their gambit paid off. It's the, I think yeah. it's the highest viewed trailer in 24 hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, Ever. It, it beat out Endgame. It, yeah. When you beat Endgame, that's that's pretty good. Uh, you, you've done a lot. The buzz is there, and it's good to see the buzz. Um, I think it's 350, 355 million global views in the first 24 hours to, uh, compared to Avengers Endgame's previous record of 289 million views. So there might be some ser- people are saying like this movie's gonna tank. I think that we might see some serious cash flow. I, even though even though I'm not looking forward to this movie as much as some other people here are. Right. I'm not gonna. Lie. It's gonna. It's gonna make bank. I. I think so. Far from home made a lot of a lot more money than I thought it was gonna make. Yeah. Hey, listen, it did. It did. Um, so well, Amazing Spider-Man Two made a ton of money also, and we all agree that that's the worst one. Don't you know <laughs> I'm a retro? That was a terrible Jamie Foxx <laughs> he's, impression. He's back too. He's back too. That's yeah. that's is, uh, okay. Here's my bad Jamie Foxx impression. The D is silent. Uh, yeah. oh, am I the only one who's seen Django and Shane Deere? <laughs> I have. Uh, Django! <laughs> you! Oh, I'm not going to finish that. No! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> that was what that was what would happen if you if you unleashed that. We would all be blown up to smithereens. Okay, do uh, it. so I'm I'm going to pull up the I'm screen sharing just because you sent the link. Yeah, so next up, we're going to talk about uh, the new Marvel Legends. And... I pulled it up. There we yep. go. All right, so if you scroll... Oh, who cares about the Eternals? <laughs> so they finally... You mean, the new, you, mean new, you mean New Gods 2 Electric Boogaloo? Uh, they finally have... Inhumans uh... 3.0. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having to play a Jack little bit... Jack Kirby man uh... repeated himself a few times. Why did I That's fine. To... Sorry, Zach. Okay, go on. I can hear you. Oh, here's a Miles Morales game reverse one. That looks pretty good. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, here's Morlin. I think with the sucky hands. 
yeah. that a few people thought were animated series Morbius. Yeah. yeah, I was one of those. Uh, so Moreland is the bi- is the big comic reveal. Um, him and Shriek, Moreland, uh, possibly a little bit of reuse from the uh, from the uh, Sebastian Shaw, Sebastian Shaw, yeah. but uh, obviously a a long sought after figure. Whether you like Moreland or not, this is the build with an armadillo with an armadillo build a figure. So the armadillo. Yeah, my point of view on that is I'm a big fan of the JMS run more so than I'm a big fan of JMS. So I'm going to be happy to have a piece of his run on there. And I don't blame him for the crap that happened later. He only wanted Moreland to appear that one time. and uh, Including the weird hands. Like, that was it only- looks like it. it I, okay, I, I get what they're trying to do with, like, the, sucky, with, the, with, the, sucky, with the sucky hands from, from JRJR. But it looks like he has like a rash on his hands and he's trying to scratch it away. It's weird. Well, that was JRJR. That was actually from. Yeah, that was, uh, I think it was in the other, yeah. It was in the other, yeah. yeah. That was. Uh, oh, uh, wait, no. Late, okay, yeah. That was the late, great Mike Ringo. Yeah, it was Ringo. Yeah, short, the funny thing is, shortly after. I don't know why I thought of Ramita Jr. Yeah, that the was funny the thing, thing is, short, yeah, shortly after I saw this figure, I asked JMS on Twitter. He never never responded a Spidey related question. I was most, It was mostly satire of the sliding comic timeline how everything is always 10 years ago i asked him so because in the world of babylon 5 are they still making marvel and dc comics and if so is there a world is there has spider-man now only gotten his powers shortly after the earth mimbari war in in deep in in deep space not in deep space nine uh starfleet nationalized marvel and dc comics and they just continue to make them now (laughs) Uh, uh, above Moreland, um, Neo is Shriek. That's the yeah. other comic figure that they previously had not announced. Uh, really we're happy they're doing her. Yeah, if you'll click on her for, for me. Yeah. So, if you're a fan of the '90s, um, she is going to be uh, finally. That's an awful. That's a very unflattering angle. <laughs> yeah, the pose. Hang on. There we there we go. Now now uh, her go. now now yeah. her symbol isn't uh halfway across her body. Yeah. <laughs> so this one is unique and this was notable because this is gonna be a brand new female body uh, type that they are releasing. It's all pinless mm-hmm. joints. So um it's it is going to be one that they're gonna be using moving forward. They'll it, it there is a little shorter than the uh the previous set of female figures. She is a little shorter. But they said they're going to get some longer legs to accommodate for it and make it a little more balanced out. But yeah, Shriek is a all going to be all new sculpt, uh, the all the all new sculpt in the uh, one of the all new sculpts in the wave. Of course, she comes with the as per usual with the female oh, people. Whoop. Sorry, uh, she does uh, come with the torso of Armadillo. So if you're an Armadillo fan, this is going to be exciting. The uh, the other one, I think, maybe the best figure that they announced, um, but that, that nobody should be surprised about. Uh, because they announced a while ago the uh, GameStop exclusive, the Miles Morales Gamerverse figure. The GameStop mm-hmm. version of it was... Uh, completely- What's wrong with his neck? <laughs> oh, it's just the way the head sculpt is. So uh, this one's this one's also a lot of new uh, material. Oh, it, comes with, it comes with Venom Blast hands. That's neat. I like that. It comes with Venom Blast hands. It comes with uh, other alternate hands. <laughs> Miles doing Orange Justice. <laughs> Yeah, so this one's a, this one's gonna be a, a pretty sought after figure, I think, in the line. Um, seven figure wave. 
Obviously, we talked about the two Spideys, the Doctor Strange and the J. Jonah Jameson, not Jack Jameson. I, I'm Thank I'm so happy we got an Alex Jones figure. It's after all this time, it just feels right. <laughs> I wish he would have had a regular, um, uh, like Raimi version head sculpt, but I just say Spider that bald. Spider-Man's putting web fluid in the water supply to turn the freaking goblins gay. <laughs> it made uh, my hair fall out. <laughs> but uh, but I think we're going to be getting a... I, I really think next year we're going to be getting a lot of Spider-Man stuff. The final thing that they did, new thing they did reveal was the... Uh, they do these oh, cosmic this. things. The helmet for... Um, uh, it's electronic. It's the, the Iron Spider helmet. Uh, they were working on a cloth version um, but they felt like they could easily get this one out, be a little bit more of a hard plastic. It has multiple settings on the eyes. Uh, it's got a bunch of circuitry on the inside, so only that only you could see. But yeah, this is this is uh, they've done several of these helmets. They did Iron Man. They've done uh, they've done uh, Star Lord. They did a Black Panther uh, a while back. So this is uh, one of the cosplay. They do three a year. This is the third one. This will be available. All this is available right now for pre order. This one's one twenty four ninety nine, uh, so it's not the the price of that has actually gone up. It used nine uh, like one hundred dollars. Um, so, but yeah, these are all available up on Hasbro Pulse or your favorite toy shop. Uh, this isn't relevant. This isn't relevant, but the Eternals figures look really bad. This is just one of those symptoms of some some most of the MCU's actors' faces don't translate well to small plastic figurines. Well, actually, mm -hmm. it's more like these these were made with uh, production. But Bandai does it so well, actually. They were made with production stills, and so these were based off of like concept art, most of, most of them. Yeah, like this, 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 druid this druid costume looked completely different, I think, from the one that we actually have in the movie. Yeah, it's one of those situations where these have been sitting for almost a year, and... So they couldn't scrap the ones that they already created, and they're like I say, they're based off concept art. So that's why you see things like that. Um, of course, you'll have your usual QC issues with with Marvel Legends, but uh, yeah, that's um, that's unfortunate. I will, I, will, I will say the Harold and Kumar go to Celestials uh, figure <laughs> looks great. Also, <laughs> let's be honest. If the if people like the movie in a couple of years, they'll do updated figures that are yes. more movie yeah. accurate. Like, like aren't they do, aren't they redoing like, Captain Marvel figures recently? Yes. Uh, yeah, they're gonna. Well, they're gonna do. Um, you can get Obadiah Stane right now in his big bald dome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Obadiah Stane was my God. That was that was way back. But uh, yeah, they've they've been redoing. Uh, like the Infinity War, the Infinity Saga waves. They've they you know they never released a Quicksilver until recently. They did the Sur the Searcher. Um, they did Iron Monger. Um, so they they've been doing a lot of these these. Uh, yeah, but, and if you're looking for ninjas, by the way, if you if you're a fan of Daredevil and stuff like that, the uh, Hand Ninjas right now they're out of stock, but they have Trooper packs. They also announced uh, Shield Trooper packs and Scroll Trooper packs. And of course, the big thing, obviously, as we mentioned too, uh, Galactus got funded. Uh, it closed yesterday, as the as of this live recording. And um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to make Galactus in my Unicron fight when they when he shows up. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, you got the touch. Dun, dun, dun. All right, so let's. You uh... got the power. All right, uh, guys, are we yeah. ready? Yeah. Are we I ready? I think we also have. 
I think we also have some sad news to report. Yeah, let's let's. I, I, I knew I was missing a news topic, and we want to. I was going to do this at the top of the show originally, and I just it it. We want to mention uh, Ed Asner. Mm, uh, yeah. Veteran of three Spider-Man shows, J. Jonah Jameson in the 90s, I forget the cop's name in the MTV show. Actually, considering Ed's age, I'm surprised MTV let him even was in it, the building. Hang on, what's, what's the name of the cop? I remember, I, remember look, I know, I know the cop you're talking about, yeah, right? The, the one with the mustache? Yeah, I think so. Let's do this correctly. We should hang on. Hang on. It. Uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, I'll, I'll stop sharing your screen for a second. Let's uh, go ahead and pull that up, uh, Ed Asner. Um passing away so uh he was 92 uh years old um as as greg mentioned he was the voice of j jonah jameson for people like greg and me uh and adam uh that was, yeah. the, vo- that was the voice of jonah he was, he, he was officer Barr in the mtv series and he was uncle ben in the spectacular spider-man he yes. played these two father figures to Peter Parker, two very different father figures, and he did both so fucking well. Well, Sorry this is my language. Yeah. Ooh, it's not me this time. Let's go, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we just we just That's eulogized saying. him. We just yeah, we just eulogized him on the third episode <laughs> of Voices from the Eerie, and we spent a good twenty minutes on him. I mean, I knew he and Greg were friends, but I had no idea that they were that close. And yeah, they they are they're very. He wrote some very poignant things uh, on online. Greg, I'm going to go pull them up right quick because I know you posted them in our group. But yeah, and and he he also had a reputation as a as a real gentleman, a real nice guy. I mean, I mean, he had a he he had some very strong beliefs that even people who disagreed with him are saying nothing but nice things about him. That he was always a gentleman. That he always was a professional. He treated people right, and um, that's a good thing, especially in this day and age of all this division. You need to be able to sometimes reach past that and just see other people's humanity. And I'm sorry, I don't really mean to go there. It's just that, all right? Like I said, where we are now, where I feel we are now, I think we need to get away from that. Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna read real quick uh, John Semper's um, eulogy, basically. I cre- I created Ed Asner. Uh, <laughs> no, not say that. Good lord, no. good lord, <laughs> not cool, Neil. Too far. All right. So John Semper on Facebook. He says, "Well, this one hits hard. The great Ed Asner has died. He had the pleasure of working with Ed for several years when he was the producer and head writer of for Spider-Man: The Animated Series, for which Ed was the voice of J. Jonah Jameson." You can still remember in his heart pounding in his chest as he found himself sitting next to him in their first table read. Here was the man who had starred in major motion pictures, several mega hit television series, a multiple Emmy winner who had been inducted into Television Academy Hall of Fame. He was a household name, a true Hollywood legend. But as he soon found out, there was never a time when he didn't feel completely welcome in his presence. He was charming, engaging, hilarious, profane, sly, sarcastic, warm, incredibly intelligent, total pleasure to work with. You can even go, go so far as to say he considered him a friend. There are too many Hollywood legends who have hugged him and smooched him on the cheek. He was a wonderful, hardworking actor. Even as recently as a few years ago when he could barely walk, he appeared on stage in a one-man comedy. Those of the, those of us in the, those of in the audience were entranced by his talent, his stamina, as we they doubled over in laughter for 90 minutes while he barely broke a sweat. Ed was a fierce and vivacious liberal. Yay! His words. 
and one hell of a great human being. He really cared about helping others and advocating for what he perceived as being right, even when it cost him his, in his career. It didn't matter to him. He was brave. And for the cause of justice, he was an unapologetic fighter. Rest in peace, Ed Asner. John will miss him tremendously. And then, uh, come on. Then I'll read quickly Greg's, Greg Wiseman's uh, statement. He said, so this hits hard. It's been a stressful weekend as Greg's father was uh, went to the hospital with chest pains. A stent had been, that had been replaced previous year had failed and was replaced again Saturday morning during an angioplasty. Greg has been concerned and worried, but the procedure seemed to go well, and he was and his father was set to go home that day. They seemed to have dodged a bullet, but there was a second gun. Greg slept in that day. He woke up to the two pieces of news. One, that his dad was good. His sister picked him up from the hospital and looked him, took him straight to breakfast. <laughs> his mother was annoyed at not being included, but that's a whole other story. He's home now, and Greg had talked to him. He sounded cheerful and all good. But number two, Ed Asner had passed away. He spent most of the day doing laundry and other mundane tasks. Life goes on, right? As it has to. But it's been difficult getting his head it was difficult getting his head around the whole thing. Greg's gotten many calls and texts today offering condolences as if Greg was a part of the Asner family. Folks seem to know how close I felt to Ed, or he felt to Ed. But he doesn't want to exaggerate. Ed was his friend. And he hopes that he knew I was his as well. But he hadn't talked to him in a while, at least a couple of years. You can partially blame that on the pandemic, he supposes, but there was a lot of people he'd lost touch with. If anything, this was a reminder for him to get in touch with people. He's going to make an effort to do that. In any case, there are many, many people who knew Ed better than he did, but who were closer to Ed than he was. But nonetheless, at the risk of turning this post into his own self-aggrandizement, he's going to spend a few paragraphs here on the subject of Ez Asner as he knew and, as, that he knew and loved. Fan of Ed's long before you met him. Like many, many people, he first entered his awareness playing Lou Grant on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Later, he got a kick out of picking him out of out of reruns where he usually played the the heavy in such series as the Wild Wild West and others. But as Lou, Ed was simply brilliant. One of the truly classic scenes in all of television, the scenes in the Mary Tyler Moore show pilot where Lou interviews Mary for a job. He tells people to do, do themselves a favor and view it and then post the link. That scene had a major effect on Greg, even seeing it as a kid. And now, having just rewatched it, the genius in the writing and the two performances still knocks him out. There's something else about Lou and Mary. Watching their interactions was like a bit like watching his parents. The connection in my mind between Lou and his dad was especially strong. Ed and his father were two Asher Kinsey Jews from the Midwest. Did I say that right, Greg? No, but I can barely say it correctly, so don't worry about it. It's, basically, it's uh, it's it, it's a, it's uh, Jews that are from the Slavic area, the Ukraine, Russia, Poland. I'm half one, and I can't even pronounce it correctly. So, <laughs> okay, his uh, Greg's dad was uh, Wiseman's dad was from Chicago. Ed was from Kansas City. They're gruff and loving. They even had mannerisms in common. There was much more. He, he's sure that they didn't share have in common. Something connected the two men in his mind. And meanwhile, his admiration for Asner as a performer knew, knew, knew no bounds. When he saw him in the Lou Grant series and Rich Man, Poor Man, and Roots, that admiration only increased. He learned of his activism and the price he paid for it. That admiration shot through the roof. Years later, when he be, they had begun pre-production on Gargoyles, he thought of Ed Asner or of Lou Grant as the inspiration for Hudson. In fact, when they held, when they held auditions for the role... 
Uh, he, wrote, he wrote at the bottom of the character description that Hudson hates spunk. This was, of course, a variation on Lou's classic line from the above job interview scene. Now, to be clear, Craig never imagined they'd get Ed to play the role. He figured he was way too big of a star for them to land. But lo and behold, a few days later, Ed came in to audition for the part. And later, he told him that when he read the character description, he was initially thrilled. The Hudson hates spunk line made him feel like he was a, a lot to land the role. And then in a couple minutes later, he thought if he didn't land the role, he'd be really awful. But of course, he immediately understood the character and nailed his audition only for Jamie Thomason and Greg to throw him a curveball, asking him to do it again in a Scottish accent. He nailed that too. Working with Ed was a joy. He was fun and funny and so supportive. In addition to playing Hudson and Burbank and Jack Danforth slash Dane, on Gargoyles, he cast him in his recurring characters on Max Steel, Three by Three Eyes, Witch, Young Justice, and Reign of the Ghosts. When casting Peter Parker's late Uncle Ben in The Spectacular Spider-Man, Ed was the only person he'd ever considered. He always brought so much into each and every role, and more than that, he was a great friend to Greg. After the first season of Max Steel, when he couldn't find a job for over a year and thought he might have to give up on his writing career, Ed was there, offering him support. They had lunch at Musso's and Frank's. He looked at pictures of my kids out of my wallet and told me to laminate them. He introduced me to his son, Matt Asner, a producer. He didn't allow me to wallow in self-pity or to badmouth guys who he had believed had done him wrong. He just reassured Greg that he had the ability and that he would find his way through. In essence, he was my work dad. So today, as you might imagine, it's been complicated. His dad's home and healthy, and Ed's gone. I'm grateful and sorrowful and struggling but life goes on it has to right finally he's going to quote hudson from gargoyles and the price an episode that spotlighted the character ed as hudson hudson told xanatos a friendly a friendly word of advice true immortality isn't about living forever man it's about what you do with the time you have all your schemings done what will be your legacy xanatos i think we all knew that ed asner did amazing things with the time he had and though we'll miss him dearly his legacy is clear and shining and brian says uh, it's pronounced a a washkin ozzy that's how uh that's how it's pronounced so thank you brian. yeah i heard greg i heard greg say it today on the recording and it wasn't quite like that either but uh, I, I don't know it's a hard word even for me all right so that is the statements about ed asner gentlemen um greg both great oh, yeah both great greg. statements uh Neil, I know you made fun of Semper, and, and there's there's an on, ongoing joke that we have in our group about him. But uh, what did you think? You're muted, buddy. Was I muted? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, you know, I clown on Semper a lot, but you know, I thought that was very well written, very, I guess, poetic. Oh, what's this? Oh. Oh, it's oh, it's uh, Brian trying to. Pronounce ah. check us. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Brad. Brad. Brian. Uh, Not Brian. Brad. What's wrong with you? <laughs> he is our reviewer for the front page on spider-dude.com. Amazing Spider-Man. So we'll be actually looking for some more reviewers as we get to uh, uh, get closer to the new era of um, of Spider-Man. We'll be talking about that. So uh, as Venkman said to Greg, language Captain America. Um, <laughs> thanks uh, Tim Bell salute to a great voice actor just a great actor in general who shall be missed uh, as great as he was grand as Luke Grant on Mar 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 Mary Tyler Moore yeah I mean yeah. 
So yeah, I watched a lot of it on Nick at Nights back in the day. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean it's obviously a very sad thing. Uh, Adam, got any thoughts? Uh, just great tributes, and uh, he just he just sounded like a really great guy. It's and it's a shame that we lost him. All right. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. All right. And at so- the same time, may we all live as full a life as that. Ugh, you're all lucky I lost my voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. well, you, you're going to be on next episode, buddy, hopefully. Lord willing. We have a next episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, Greg, Greg, almost, Greg almost destroyed. No, I'm kidding. All right, so as we move on. From Greg Greg destroys Spidey Dude Experience with Galactus <laughs> and Unicron. All right, so here we go, guys. Unicron's right over there. Let's talk about, okay. by the way. Neil, you never sent me the code, so I have not read Sinister War 4. Oh, was I supposed to? I haven't either. Oh, my God. I was was saying I had it. I thought I was going to give you the code. All right, so let's talk about Sinister War 3. I'm going to go try to... Yeah. Uh... Hang on, Zach. Hang on, Zach. Yeah, the the website that I read them at, I buy the trades, but the website I read them at with those scans only just recently posted the scans, so... It was story time on Co this afternoon. Uh, I don't go to Co, but uh, yeah. Was... But anyways, um, I guess you want to take the reins on this one, Zach. Yes, please. Thank you. Okay, so Sinister War number three, uh, written by Nick Spencer and Ed Brisson is back. Huzzah! Um, art by Mark Bagley, Carlos Gomez, and Zay Carlos. Inks by Andrew Hennessy, Andy Owens, John Dell, Carlos Gomez, and Zay. Car- Jesus Christ. <laughs> and uh, Brian Reber and Andrew Co- Crossley as the colorists. I'm not going to talk about colors this time. <laughs> yeah, there was. If if no one here has listened to Satellites, there was a whole thing where Symbio Bro got upset at me for talking about colors constantly, and so I went an entire podcast without talking about colors. They thought I couldn't do it, but I proved them wrong. Okay, that's not important though. Uh, <laughs> hang on, Zach. I'm going to send you the link real quick. I already got it. So, oh, okay. So the issue begins with uh, Kindred pontificating yet again. Okay, this is getting kind of tiresome. I'm gonna admit, guys. Kindred, <laughs> I admit kind, also, Kindred, yeah. Kindred been t- pontificating constantly is getting kind of old, y'all. So Peter well, was like, uh, it was kind of like uh, Peter at the beginning of the run, really. Peter was pontificating no, a lot but, during but the kin- beginning but of the. Been, but Kindred's the been run. pontificating for most of Spencer's runs. That's, that is true. Yes. You should hear how they complain about it on CBR. They're really. <laughs> I like this book, but that's one of the few things that really aggravates me is Kindred just monologuing. But anyway, it's but anyways, almost over. But anyways, yeah. Peter's back is against the wall. Um, he's been beaten, uh, bootlicked, and bamboozled by his most bombastic villains and has webbed himself essentially to back together. And all seems lost for him, but who comes out of the smoke but Black Cat, who hears about a big brouhaha down at the Dead Body Depot. And she's brought friends, the new Avengers, except Psyche! It's the Sinister Six under Mysterio's enchantments. The lizard broke the illusion by charging in ahead of time. Um, But anyways, the Sinister Six see their chance and start pouncing down on him. Meanwhile, back in his Hall of Mirrors, the mausoleum's been rebuilt, I guess. Uh, Kindred's back there, though, and he's pontificating some more, talking about how um, he's going to bring back one more party to the table. Oh, God, we had too many villains already. We have to get some more in here. Um, 
But if it's any consolation, he hates me as much as he hates you. But it's not going to stop him. Um, and then Senior, Senior crawled out of the ground in a Craven's Last Hunt-style uh, grave excavation. Uh, meanwhile, Peter's getting uh, BTFO'd by the Sinister Six, and um, as Doc Ock's pinning him down, Peter says, No, Alfred Molina, you're a good person. We're talking <laughs> about the movie version, not the comic version, because comic he was yeah. a sociopath. Yeah. But as Doc Ock puts the squeeze on him, um, the Sinister Six was like, Okay, let's just kill him now. Stop looking at him weird. Just kill him already. And Doc Ock says, Okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Bam, artist change. In comes the Savage Six to BTFO the Sinister Six. Peter uses a distraction to get away, and meanwhile, we're back to Sin Eater, who releases all the sins from ASM 50, from the LR series off into the mists and off into the streets of New York. Uh, they go from their cells, from their hiding places, from their graves. See how they come for you. And as Sin Eater walks away, um, we cut back to the vulture who is trying to target Spider-Man and wouldn't you know it, the infighting starts again and Peter's like, okay, I have to get out of here. I have to get to MJ, which is really good priorities. Good for you, my guy. What a Chad. Before he <laughs> oh, gets God. attacked before he gets attacked again by the superior foes. Oh god, everyone's back. Someone please help Peter. He's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> um What's this in the outgrades? Oh, okay, hang on. Let me. There you go. You're, you're not supposed to say that out loud. That's supposed to be like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. But anyways, it's it's now a three way. It's now a four way brawl again as Peter uh, runs away, uh, and all the villains, including the syndicate, just arrive out of nowhere to continue the fight again. And Fred actually has the MVP play of the issue. He actually has the MVP play two issues in a row by uh, act by intentionally hitting the button on his bomberang and setting it off so Peter can make a clean getaway. Um, and as Peter runs behind a dumpster and catches his breath, out of nowhere comes the Sinister Six. Wait, I should, I should say Sinister Seven because there's seven of them. But yeah... So the living... Wait, is it six? Hang on. So it's Sin Eater, Juggernaut... Juggernaut's here for some reason instead of Count Nefaria. Oh, well. Uh, living Laser, Whirlwind, uh, Grey Gargoyle, and Morland. So it is six. Okay, it's the Sinister Six. See what it did there? Anyways, issue's over. To be continued. All right, so... <laughs> oh, wait, no, hang on. I, I, I was wrong. There's one more page. Uh, so Kindred, Kindred's pontificating for the third time this issue... <laughs> And um, he's talking about the people who are um, who have changed. Doctor Octopus, for some reason, I guess, is being considered a good guy, even though he's unironically worse than most of like the worst political terrorists this past century. Mm -hmm. um, Boomerang, uh, Spencer's pet character, Mysterio, one of my favorite villains, and Beetle, the character that Remender created that he defined. Now let me show you the end to be concluded, except we have ASM 72, so that's not accurate. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the four-issue miniseries is going to be concluded. Uh, Greg, what's your grade? Um, it, It's a little bit hard to grade something like this. I'm going to say this again yeah. in, in the next one, just because we're in the middle of a story. I don't like the knee-jerk give a grade to a chapter without reading the full book but the art was 
was great, and while the artist did change, I didn't think it was that the, the styles clashed that much. Bagley looks like he's on top of his game, which is nice. And yeah, I will admit I laughed when Black Cat, Wolverine, and the other heroes turned out not to be, turned out to be Mysterio's illusions because I felt the sigh of relief from people who complain about Peter always needing to be bailed out by other heroes these days. I could feel it. I could feel it. <laughs> I actually liked it. I was I actually was like, oh, that that was actually something I wanted to give as a positive is that I actually got legitimately tricked by Spencer and Mysterio. Yeah, I'll give it overall, and yeah, I got tricked also. I'll give it overall an A minus. There's nothing particularly wrong with it for what it is. It's well executed. I just give it an A minus instead of the full A because even I think Kindred's pontificating is getting tiresome at this point. <coughs> yeah, I agree. Um, this is definitely like to me middle chapter syndrome. Uh, if I was to give this a grade, it's going to be uh, just a B, a B minus. It's not. It's not. It wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. But yeah, yeah. What was your grade? I gave it a B. Um, this definitely reeked of like, please move the plot along. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, I, I brought it up, but, but but Kindred pontificates three times in this single issue. Um, it feels like he. It feels like he got derailed just to make room for more action, and it's great to see all this action mm-hmm. played out. But it's like you know, I yeah. kind of want the plot to move along a little bit. Um, art change was a little inconsistent for me. I think that Bagley and Gomez were the were the uh, highlights of the issue. I didn't feel was it Zay Carlos who did the other issue. I think so. Or did the did the other part? Yeah. Hang on, let me check. Yes. Yeah. So Carlos felt a little out of place. Colors felt consistent. Um, which is weird because you know I don't think I don't think of Crossley and um, Reaver as similar colorists, uh, mm-hmm. at least in terms of palette. But I liked it. Um, needs to say, I also I think that the introduction of another Sinister Six team was just pointless. I get why Spencer's doing it, but at this point we have so much stuff already happening that we don't need yet another team that wants to kill Spider Man. How many do we have before this? We had five, right? We had yeah. the Sinister, no, we had the Sinister we have, Six. We have six Sinister Six. Now we have six. Yeah, and, and, and I get what's sorry, what Spencer's I get what Spencer's doing there, but it's like the Scott Snyder effect where it's like substance or, or it's like style over substance. And it's like yeah. I don't care about mm-hmm. I don't care about Moreland and the Sin Eater Squad. Hey, we should actually I'm gonna use that instead. Sinister Sin Eater Squad is actually pretty neat. Yeah, that, is, that um, actually rolls off the tongue really well. I like yeah. that. If if Paul were here, he'd give it a B. Yeah, back, like Paul said, Bagley is old faithful. Also, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back on this on the he was superior Spider Man. He doesn't remember that. He remember he made the deal with Mephisto in, in Gage's superior Spider Man run. Yeah, so he doesn't remember a lot of things. Um, Kindred promised. That's one, of, that's, that's one of that's one of the reasons why he was digging up his old grave in ASM sixty six. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, like I say, I don't like I don't have a ton to say about this issue. Obviously, we're going to talk about about the next issue because, oh boy, oh boy. Um, Maybe. but I don't want to go terribly, terribly, terribly long on it. But because I know we got two more issues to cover, but let's let's kind of um, in our grades and everybody's kind of going around the room. Adam, you got anything to add? Uh, I mean, I I kind of agree with Greg. Like, it, it is sort of hard to uh, to grade this because it feels. Like you guys have said, like oh, it, you know, the plot kind of needs to move along a little bit, and uh, 
you know, the middle chapter thing, but I don't like to me, I read it and I liked that. I liked that it's kind of fast paced and there's this real sense of urgency. I felt with, you know, Peter trying to, you know, make his way through this gauntlet of practically all of his villains and, you know, trying to get to Mary Jane and stuff. I don't know. I, I like that kind of thing. The kindred stuff is kind of like, Get on stuff with it. Yeah, a little bit, like, because it, it's like, it, it's kind of like, it, it's, it's that very, it's like meta, like, it's almost like Spencer is talking to us, like, oh, well, you guys need to be patient, and it's kind of funny if you think of it that way, but I don't know, it is what it is. Um, I really thought that the, the boomerang, boomerang helping out was was definitely a an MVP moment, like Neil said, because I was just like. I was just thinking as I'm reading this, I'm like, come on, Fred, like, redeem yourself after your betrayal. And he did that. Yeah. So I was happy with that. Uh, poor, poor Paul. He is like, he wants to be on this episode so bad. <laughs> uh, he wishes he could talk. But uh, like I said at the top, he, he lost his voice. And uh, so otherwise, he's this is him. There he is. F, F in the chat, y'all. F in the chat for... <laughs> Our good friend uh, Paul, but yeah. Um, all right, so let's jump to the next issue, Neil. Um, okay. Oh boy. The issue, the big issue that we were, yeah. Paul, Paul, yeah. bio whiteboards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whiteboard. Whiteboard, yeah, not whiteboards. Okay, so ASM seventy-two, part of Sinister War, written by Nick Spencer, uh, art by. I was promised Vicentini. I am mad that we didn't get Vicentini. Instead, we got Federico Sabatini. Oh my god, I want to die. Along with <laughs> Zay Carlos, uh, everyone's favorite hatred child, uh, Marcelo Ferreira, and Carlos Gomez as the artist. Yeah, uh, with, Al- with Alex Sinclair of Oh My God, I Want to Vomit coloring from DC Comics uh, to back us up. So, once again, we come and find Kindred. Say it with me, everybody. I'm sorry, Neil. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everything, Neil. <laughs> You're, you better be. Um, so, Peter, so Kindred is pontificating yet again for the fourth time in this read through about deals and compromises, how we have to, how we survive, and how Peter has to look like a chibi character from a childish anime while fighting the Sinister Six. Um, Peter is definitely getting BTFO'd, even though he escaped the Sinister Six last time. I don't get why this is happening. Someone please explain uh, the timeline of this book. Uh, But that's not important, because um, years ago, and we're in a flashback now, uh, Norman Osborn is in a bit of a foul mood, because the the award for outstanding innovation and entrepreneurship goes to, drumroll please... That sounded like a gun. I don't know. That, that wasn't a drum roll. Uh, Mendelstrom, the robot master. And as Norman is... I don't have the, this button yet. Get to work on it. I'll, I'll <laughs> work on it. <laughs> but as Norman is uh, drowning his upsetness in alcohol, he gets approached by, I guess, Overdrive in a suit. Uh, that's not really Overdrive. It's Mephisto. He, he basically approaches Norman as a businessman, and Norman asks, so what field um, are you in? And he goes, acquisitions. <laughs> I, I, I laughed at that. <laughs> when I read it out loud, I was like, ah, ha, ha. 
okay. After I read the issue, I was like, oh, good, good job. But uh, Norman, over, Norman over Kindred's narration goes back to his European property where uh, he turned into Tommy Lee Jones for a day and boned Gwen Stacy. I don't know if that's actually the same oh, property, but... <laughs> Why? Why but he goes. But as he goes up the stairs, uh, MJ is confronting Kindred, and and MJ says, "Harry, please stop all this. It's not too late." To which Kindred says, "And except it is MJ. Here's a recycled panel from earlier in the issue. Um, the credits are about to roll. Uh, but guess what? I have yet more tricks to reveal themselves, and the audience collectively groaned because we're still getting more twists three issues away from the end." Um, meanwhile, oh, nice back in the twist. back in back in the mausoleum tunnels, uh, Harry and Carly are wandering around in circles for hours until Harry conveniently notices a crack in the wall leading into the morgue, Carly's morgue to be specific, um, where they found the bodies. And Harry stares at a Harry stares at a corpse underneath a blanket until he finally gets the cojones to grab the rag and pull up, like Greg did with his shirt there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, he pulled up his shirt. Like I, 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 I did not. I, I, I oh. was adjusting myself. So making oh, myself okay, okay. So, anyways, back in the Tommy Lee Jones house, uh, Norman is looking around until he finds a Voss with the Green Goblin staring, ba- talking back to him. To which Norman says, "No, you're not real. Please get out of my head." And the Goblin says, "I'm, I'm real. Uh, you're fake. Bye." And Harry goes into the Gotcha Laboratory from Nickelodeon Studios. Um, no, that's a <laughs> legacy of evil reference. Let's get it right. It's a '90s reference. Mm-hmm. Making shit up. But anyways, uh, flashback time where Harry is uh, a little boy, and it's it's the it's the Coney Island moment that Norman referenced back on ASM Fifty Nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, around there. Yeah, and so um, Harry goes on a ride, and Norm- Harry goes on the ride, and Norman is watching him, and um, all of a sudden out comes uh, Mephisto, uh, saying, "Hey, look at me! Oh my God, this cotton candy is massive! Jesus Christ, <laughs> I'm going to get diabetes from this." <laughs> um, and Norman says, "Well, hang on, man. I'm not interested in this. Who are you?" And he says, "You know exactly what I want." And so I think it. I think it's Harry um, in the. I, I want to say it's Norman because they look the same, but I know I'm pretty. It, I know it's Harry, but it looks exactly like Norman because they because Carlos draws them both the same. Yeah, you're talking Norman. about the uh, the AIs. Yeah, the it's both Norman and Harry. I remember. Yeah, they're the, same, they're, the, they're the they're the same person now. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's like a two face thing. Half the face is Norman, half the face is Harry. Yeah. Have you read Legacy of Evil? I have. It's just, it just—it looks kind of weird, the the way that the the way that the drawing was establishing it. Um, but anyways, Norman, I guess he. So Harry puts. So okay, this is this is the flashback again. I got kind of lost there for a second. So back in the flashback again, um, Norman puts Harry to bed, rubs his face, uh, I guess, to reveal his makeup is coming off, and then goes downstairs to find Mephisto just sitting in his chair. If you remember that panel of Dark Side sitting in a in a in a manager's chair, that's that's what it reminded me of. Dark Side likes to sit on people's couches. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but um, Mephisto, Mephisto unveils himself as actually Mephisto, 
and um, says, hey, so you're deep in debt and you're ruined. <laughs> um, so we can, we can make something. We can fix this, bucko. And uh, basically, it's, it's kind of revealed that Mephisto created the Green Goblin, albeit indirectly, but he, but he led Norman down the path to make him the yeah. Green, Gor- Green Goblin. I have thoughts on that, but I'll save them. Yeah. I'm gonna put it yeah. on that. So, anyways, um, all it cost Norman though was his firstborn son. It cost Whoops. him Harry. <laughs> so it's implied that every every bad thing that's happened to Harry, including his addiction and Gwen falling off a bridge, that was all Mephisto. <laughs> Good work, guys. And um, I don't think it's saying that, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm not seeing that either. I'm seeing. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's like it's, he an indirect, just pushed it's, 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 it's indirect causation. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I agree with more of. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of debate on this one. So continue. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Norman gets approached by the hologram again, says, I'm nothing if not a survivor. And he actually directly references. He directly references Legacy of Evil. So if you, if you haven't read Legacy of Evil, go read it for context. Because Spider-Man's making a kind of deep cut here, um, but basically he does a bunch of gotchas, and then uh, it cuts back to MJ again, where um, he, she and Kindred are talking. Well, Kindred's talking to her; she's just along for the ride. But um, Kindred's saying, "We're not always who we say we are. It's time for you to learn the truth, no matter the cost." And it also does flash back to the Chameleon conspiracy. Um, but yeah, I'm guessing it's I'm, I'm guessing it's Liz Allen now. Uh, I just <laughs> Marvel Unlimited. You cannot read Legacy of Evil, so you'll have to uh, go pick that up at your local comic shop or or comics other, other places. Uh, <laughs> other places. Tor. Go find your friend Tor and rent it. Tor. Uh, <laughs> all right, so. Like I say, uh, the that is the review of ASM seventy two. Adam, I'm gonna, I'm gonna I ended with you. I'm gonna start with you. Go to Neil, oh, and no. Greg's gonna probably yell at all of us. <laughs> He's the biggest green guy um, for you. I okay. Wait, what did I write for this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I uh, my big con was that uh, there's a. <laughs> One of the one of the artists drew uh, Sandman with uh, without the uh, with the wrong hairstyle, so that's a that's a big con, and it it, it the book's an F. No, I'm just kidding. Norman Norman, Norman Osborn and Sandman are the same person, right? John Byrne, they were cousins. Yeah, um, like I I said this on Twitter. I I wasn't really sure how to process this. It's such a it's such a weird shocking revelation and it just proves that like to me that <laughs> Spencer is like Spencer he he doesn't give he doesn't give a, a rip and he's just like he's just like all right take this <laughs> uh and I kind of I I I think it's interesting that he uh he made this you know this ballsy choice which I think, I don't necessarily think this is a, I don't really think this is a good or a bad thing. This is something, 
everyone's all up in arms while some people are. I think this is one of those things that you don't have to believe it if you don't want to, if that makes sense. Um, like, I don't think this is something that probably won't ever really be referenced again. Uh, so I, I just kind of appreciate the, uh, I appreciate the, the risk, the bold risk of, uh, tying, just tying Mephisto into, into the Green Goblin backstory. It's, it's kind of, it's just, it's interesting and thought provoking. It, you know, the mystery there, this, this whole thing has been a huge mystery and I, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, and, uh. Yeah, I don't know. He's uh Spencer's uh insane and I think it's it, it <laughs> it's paying off. <laughs> All right, Neil. And the, and the art was pretty good. So So I'm gonna give this issue an A minus. I think that tying the Mephisto bit into uh into Norman's backstory, um, while controversial, I think it kind of works. I don't think that Mephisto directly created the Green Goblin. I think it's more just yeah. he set he set Norman down that path, and I think it actually does a lot to explain Harry's motivations of hating Norman, especially in the post mortem period, because Peter is supposed to be the better man, right? And instead, Peter sold his soul to the devil, sold something to the devil, like Norman did. To him, they are kind of the same person, right? And so, while there is difference in why they sold to the devil peter sold it to sec sold it to save someone um albeit stupidly and right. norman sold it for fame and prestige um and harry was ultimately the bargaining ship i think that the principle remains the same for harry um yeah radiac and in the chat asked um the real thing is for what reason did we need this connection just to kind of put a final shock in it. And I kind of explained why it works, but it kind of feels like that's more of a death of the author, birth of the reader kind of thing. Um, I, I do think that going and saying like, haha, guess what guys? It's not really, it's not really Harry. Uh, find out next week right. what kindred really is. I'm like, I don't, I don't need this. What's, what's the point of that? Um, I was fine with it being hairy. Um, Me too, yeah. My biggest con was the art. And actually, I think the art was fairly consistent outside of Federico Sabatini. Zay Carlos, uh, Marcelo Ferreira, and Carlos Gomez all had a very consistent uh, look. I think it actually helped that Alex Sinclair was the only colorist, and he helped tie them together. I don't like Sinclair's colors, but I think that he provided a very consistent way of tying of making them all melt into the same art style but oh my god federico sabatini why do they keep you around um <laughs> i usually Jeez. don't bad i usually don't badmouth artists that aggressively but oh my god i was promised good federico right i when, when this issue was first solicited <laughs> i was promised good federico i got i got that's neil right now just breaking glass <laughs> <laughs> that's my that's my baseball bat through the window Drop a bombs in here like like crazy man. Like I didn't I didn't I didn't Sorry, sign man. I didn't. It just looks god awful. Like the the Sabatini art looks terrible. Like like you said, he, they got Sandman's hair wrong. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I I don't think the art is enough to like boot it down an entire letter grade to B plus. So I'm gonna give it an A minus. Call it there. All right, A minus, Greg. Um, I've got two What's your grade? grades for this. I have two grades. Uh, one is um, if I look at the issue objectively, I have to give it an A minus. If I look at it subjectively from personal reasons, I'm giving it incomplete. Again, I don't want right. to. Spencer's oh. earned my trust. I'm willing to give Spencer a chance to disappoint me. If this had been slot, I'd be probably have given it subjectively an F already. But um, oh god. But uh, again, that's my own bias. I shouldn't be doing that, and I'm admitting I shouldn't be doing that. But I think the issue is very well constructed for the most part. I agree with you about the art. Most of the art is good. Some of it isn't. And I think the script is good. The deep cuts work, and it's continuity porn in a good way. I, For the most part, I still blame Norman Osborne for all of his crimes. I don't think he's off the hook because the devil made him do it. He made the original choice and Mephisto gave him success afterwards and I think that started with him railroading Strom out. Everything Norman did after that was his own <laughs> was were his own actions. He's still responsible for all of his own actions. It's still him. Mephisto just kind of gave it a little nudge. That's what the devil does in these situations. So I've heard people say that Norman lost all of his own agency as a goblin. I do not believe that. What I do believe, though, is that Harry lost a lot of his own agency. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. Uh, I'm I'm going to jump in here right quick on that. I, I think this this does honor still the fact that Harry works best as a tragic character who is was manipulated by a, a man, whether that was that manipulation was driven by Mephisto and Norman or just Norman. Uh, it, the question really has to be is was Norman evil before the incident? Was Norman in, inherently a guy that was villainous beforehand? Would he always have been? I tend, I tend or, to think he was, but right. And I know that's something that our, our good friend Jr. Uh, Fettinger from used to be SpideyKickSpot.com would probably pontificate say in a far more eloquent eloquent way than I am. But I think that that, that is a chick. It becomes basically now a chicken or the egg scenario. What comes first? Does the Mephisto thing? drive it or does the Mephisto thing make it to where Harry's story now is inherently tragic uh, I think they've done a masterful job uh, one thing uh, so you know I, I think they've done a masterful job trying to get things uh, and reference things and tie everything together um, you know we have some disagreement looks like we got some disagreement in the chat uh, Radiac 55 says he's disliked this run more and more as it goes on the one thing he sees it, one thing he sees fall flat on his face is bringing old characters that not been part of the series comeback, expecting readers to care. I, I, you know what? I think that it works for me, but I'm a whore. But, but I'm, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. you um, heard him. I think for longtime readers, you, you heard it first, Bashansky whore. <laughs> um, but I, 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 and I get, I get this. I, I understand this. Uh, but for longtime readers, which I think one of the goals for Marvel in general was to bring those lapsed readers back to Spider-Man as well as drive the new readership too. 
uh, because you know there's a whole decade of, of stuff that you know never referenced, and I think that bringing some of the best elements of the character, I think Spider-Man and the Hulk are probably the two biggest examples at Marvel of this, where they're trying to bring back some lapsed readers, and I think they've been successful to a certain extent. And I understand new readers being kind of put off. Who the hell's the foreigner? Why is Ned Leeds back? You know, why why are we bringing back all these old characters, expecting us to care? I yeah. think that because of resources like Marvel Unlimited, there is a there's a fan base that has devoured these books and they haven't devoured all of them. And I'm hoping that over the next, especially with the 60th anniversary of Spider-Man, that we'll get these satellite titles finally put up on Marvel Unlimited so that way people can bring go back. back J2. Justice for J2. Hashtag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and anyway, uh, Sorry, I continue my thoughts. I still yeah. feel like in a lot of ways, and again, we can't judge this all until it is finished. I'm sure we're going to have a, we can, we'll be able to vote an entire podcast to looking back on Spencer's run. But I look at this also in a lot of ways as Spencer trying to make the best of a bad situation. I mean, I think it would have made more sense if Mephisto had come to Norman, say, after Emily Osborne died. But oh, she's not dead anymore. Slot brought her back, and that's not been referenced since so that was completely that's okay pointless. that's such a problematic that was such a problematic thing that should have been bigger than it was um really yeah it should have been so it have been a far bigger deal it, to bring back in yeah, yeah so it would have made more sense if mephisto came to norman at emily's grave that would have made a hell of a lot more sense but they but they killed that and He's but trying you, to resolve you could also all argue this. that Emily coming back too is Kindred's first salvo, bringing back his long dead mom could have been. I mean, well, let, well let's see if they do that. Yeah, There's still a couple more issues. Let's see. And on the other hand, he's also trying to make sense of everything that's happened with Harry since Harry showed up at the end of One More Day, Chapter Four. So he, I mean, a lot of people have referenced the quote from Life of Riley that Mephisto is not a Spider-Man villain, which I agree with. And I'm not blaming Spencer for this. Spencer did not open this door. Joe Quesada opened this door. And we've been playing with the pieces ever since. And Spencer's is playing with the hand that he was dealt, trying to make sense of it all, hopefully trying to give us something that we can enjoy and resolve. And if not end this, at least resolve it in some form. And Yeah, that's I. And I applaud him for doing that. So, and Harry is a big part of that. Norman and Peter are the two most important characters in Harry's lives. So tying them together like this, like you said before, where they both made deals, albeit for different reasons, gives Kindred a decent motivation, assuming he still is Harry. I mean, I've was wondering about that ever since he asked Chameleon for more Chameleon juice. But so I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of make a blanket statement, Radiac. You're probably gonna disagree with what I'm about to say. Uh, if you read my letters, letter in the letters page, and I think it was what uh, 62? 50. 52? Uh, I think it was sixty-one. Sixty-one. Um, it was the one with Boomerang and, and Spidey on the cover. Um, oh, that's sixty-two. Then sorry. Yeah. Um, I have felt like for a long time, and this is no fault of Slot's. I think Slot did more damage to it, but. The truth is, Spider-Man had been broken for most of the 2000s. Really, since the reboot, Man's been has been broken in some form or fashion. Um, it's been we got Vank, we got we got Venkman saying that he considers like 1998 to be the last canon year for Spider-Man. I mean, that's, there's that's how of, that's how bad it is. 
so yeah, basically the end of volume one is the end of, and a lot of people consider MC2 to be the natural progression of the classic Marvel. And this is just an alternate reality. Um, but, I, you know, outside of the JMS run, I mean, when you sit back and, and, and Paul Jenkins run, those two runs really were the best runs of Spider-Man prior to um, one more day prior to this run, I think. Yeah. And then one more day happens and it, it ends on a JMS's run ends on a very sour note. So it unfortunately kind of taints the rest of the run, but um, you know, slot took Spider-Man into all sorts of different directions. And whether you agree with that or not, that, you know, that's up for debate. Like we're going to have on spider-dude.com later on the show. Uh, later on this year, it'll be Paul and I will do some pre-recorded episodes and release them. Well, Brian, uh, Brian, Brian in the Facebook chat said that everyone thinks their childhood version is the definitive version. Okay, I disagree with that because my childhood version in theory is Brand New Day, and I still think J.M. DeMatteis is one of the definitive eras of Spider-Man. Yes, as as Comet Bench says in the chat, I was born. I was born in the wrong generation. You say on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and I, I agree with that to a certain extent. Of what of what uh, our good friend Brian's saying to us? Um, for me, this was a B minus. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, this is not a B minus. This was an A minus, not B minus. That was my other grade. Um, is an A minus. I thought it was really uh, for, to me. I felt like it was well executed. I said that on Twitter to the Spider Talk guys, and they really disagreed with me. But that's okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I feel like that it, as a reveal, it uses continuity in a way that um, honors the characters and the characterization. It doesn't like hinder the characterization at all for me. Uh, I think that it um, it is a retcon, but I think it's a retcon that sort of fits. And it just depends on your interpretation of of Norm of the chicken or the egg situation with Norman. Uh, I think there's far more to the story than what we're getting right now. I think we've yes. still got two more issues to to resolve this. And um, one is ninety pages. Yeah, but how much of it, but how much of it is backups? That's kind of the question I've got. Uh, no, I, I think I think um, I think the reason that Spencer had a co-writer for a lot of this was was to 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 throw everything in with the final issue. Uh, that's at least my theory, but I do feel like we'll have some backups in there. But I, I honestly think that that's going to be mostly a celebration of, of Spencer's run. Um, so I feel like that Spencer's set out to try to fix some things with Spider-Man that felt broken over the years. I, I think um, you go back and look at Back to Basics, and especially with us. You know, one year ago we started this show. We started with with Back to Basics. We literally went back to the beginning of this run, and we've gone through throughout this entire run over the last year, these last twenty-seven episodes. And we've really tried to analyze these books as, as often as possible. And I highly encourage everybody to to do that. And season one is going to wrap up when we when the Spencer run wraps up. We're going to wrap up season one, so we'll start season two with uh, with Ben Riley. But um, so I I did want to kind of talk about um, Radiac's point. I don't. I think there is a certain degree of merit to it. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the thesis. Um, but I can understand the thesis is conception. Um, I, I think Spencer has this habit, and this is this is a perpetual one. I think the only time he's avoided this in Superior Foes is when he does so much that like he he is eventually like he has too much to work with. And he, he's trying to juggle any trips 
and spills some of it. He spills his spaghetti. And um, oh, no. it just feels like some it just feels like some plot points have gotten tossed to the side. I think and, I think a lot I think a lot of the last probably twelve or fifteen so, or so issues, outside of obviously Sinister War being, you know, its own thing, but you look at the last twelve or so issues of, of ASM, um, it definitely um, it definitely has felt rushed, like you say. I, I don't disagree with that. And, and listen, we can talk about that too. Uh, <laughs> Paul brings up you know all kinds of different directions, but JMS did just jump and gets passed. No, he Listen, doesn't. I, he, okay, okay. people people are still debating that to this day. Can I say can I say something about the totem? I don't even really blame necessarily blame him for that because that was Ezekiel manipulating Spidey to get killed for him. Spidey wasn't supposed to be a totem itself. Now, what later writers did with that, especially yeah. the the other, which by the way was more Casada demanded an event than it was JMS. JMS went on record about that one. So right. Spidey wasn't supposed to be a totem at all. So the question was just asked, and Ezekiel was a manipulative bastard. Uh, no, I, I think JMS did, and, and we can, and, and again, that's something that we can talk about. We'll definitely, I mean, we can definitely talk about, it, especially in the first slot debate thing, because it's going to be the you know slot versus obviously JMS. Following that run, it, it's very difficult, and I think that's why. Uh, no, no, Paul, I don't, th- Paul. I think I, I, I think Paul and I are kind of on a miscommunication here because I tend, I tend to not be into like the mystical Spider-Man stuff. I, I, I don't think that JMS. I okay, this is this is kind of. I think the, the the totem stuff and the other stuff that came after it is one of the weaker elements of Spider-Man. I, I just think that Spider-Man doesn't really need a whole lot of mystical background. Yes. I would argue I would argue the characterization of Peter and MJ and, and May in that run is so strong that, that it outweighs the negatives outweighs of the totem bullshit. The, the, the totem stuff it's a pass from a lot of people because of the wit, how well written those three characters were. The also, problem- it has it has to be noted really quick. It has to be noted that after Book of Ezekiel, JMS left it open ended. He Peter talks right. to the guy and he's like, "Well, is it science or is it magic?" And the guy's like, "What do you think?" I don't know. <laughs> well, it's more like he saw no he saw no difference. You could call what some would call science, others would call magic. And it becomes and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing about Joe Straczynski. I mean, he's he's personally an atheist, but he's always been very respectful of religion and the way he writes religious characters. He, I mean, most of the characters on Babylon 5 were fairly religious, and he didn't present them as caricatures. He didn't turn, he didn't say these people were wrong or, or wrong and stupid. I mean, or, or like you would expect an atheist to do with a straw, with a straw man. I mean, he, Obviously, this is a theme in some of his works, and I don't know how many people watch Babylon Five. I love that show, but um, right. and part of that was how respectful it was towards differing points of view. So that moment you're talking about between Peter and the guy the was uh, very the shaman was very much a Babylon Five moment. Yeah, maybe maybe, also, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm just a media bobini about this. I the, the game, like like much like with the slot run where you can split it up into specific chapters and specific parts. The, the, the JMS run has a very clear li- line of delineation between the, J- the JRJR era and then the Mike Diodato Jr. And everything that happened after uh, Amina left, you know, you had since passed, you had the other, you had, uh, you know, um, 
the Civil War stuff, and then eventually one more day, you know. Um, so it's just one of those situations where I think that you can you can debate that, you know, that Ezekiel was very clearly de- intended to be a definitive end to the to this to the off, and that was obviously influenced by editorials. So. Back to this for a minute, because that's... God, we could spend a whole episode debating on that. Um, and if you want to hear that, let us know in the comments. Be sure to give us a like, share, and subscribe, by the way. And hit that like button. And uh, hit the notification bell, too. Um, so, like I say, I, I think this is one of those things where it uses continuity well. The artwork, um, pretty at times inconsistent. That's probably my biggest frustration with the, these Sinister War issues. Uh, but I also think... I love this because ASM is driving a lot of the yeah. ancillary stuff. Well, Sinister War feels like it's just the big, big battle. And it's kind of the, I think Adam put it best when he said it's the anti-clone conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> the well, problem. Because yeah, I remember, yeah. Everyone was, I, 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 I remember people saying, I think that like the ASM issues seemed unnecessary and the big story was in a clone conspiracy. So yeah, this if is the opposite of that. I, I do. I do and think it should I'm, be in the main book. I do think on yeah. some level, I do think on some level, it feels like they're kind of indecisive on which book they want to take the lead on. Like a Sinister True. War, Sinister War was like treated as a big deal. It was a fresh new number one. Um, they made th- that was when the book started, and then all of a sudden, it kind of ASM began became the more important book again. And then True. Sinister, and then Sinister War number two and number three just kind of meandered, and then kind of just fight scene, fight scene, fight scene. Kindred mm. uh, goes just as planned. Ha <laughs> ha! All, accor- all according to Keikaku in his mausoleum of mirrors, and all the important stuff is happening over in ASM. So it's like, why am I buying Sinister War then? And I hate right. the way it's been divided up into two trades. Just release one big trade just, with a yeah, just like what they did, like chronological it, order. It's kind of what they did for last. It's, I, I feel like they made a mistake like that with Last Remains too. Hunted, hunted, hunted was the hunted was the way to go. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they, the hunted was the way to go. All right, so the final issue of Sinister War. All right, uh, Neil, let's, let's do let's it. it. Yeah, I want to get yeah. Let's get through this last bit and then. Uh, I, I knew there was gonna be a lot of discussion on that on that last issue, but uh, let's let's get rolling on this, and we'll go from there. Okay, so Sinister War number four is just titled "Conclusion." Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Ed Brison's the main writer this issue. Nick Spencer isn't. That's a weird. It is weird. little note. Um, with He's working on ninety. <laughs> I mean, not ninety. Um, uh, 75, sub, 75. Substack. Oh, Substack. Wait. He is well. He is doing seventy four. God, Marvel, you are stupid number and stop. Doing thanks, that. thanks, 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 slot. Yeah, that that was that more on slot than Marvel. <laughs> okay, um, art art by Mark Bagley, Dio Neves, and Marcelo Ferreira. Inks by Andrew Hennessy, Andy Owens, Dio Neves, and Marcelo Ferreira, and Brian Reber with Andrew Crossley as the colorist. So the night, so the night the issue begins with peter uh running <laughs> running away uh i don't think for any bad reason he's got the sin he's got the sinister six chasing him um and peter does something smart where he thins the herd by uh taking whirlwind knocking out a uh, living laser with him and then paralyzing him with greg with gray gargoyles touch and so peter's making a run for it and then, and then Senator whacks him on the back of the neck with uh, his shotgun. Now Peter's like, "This should have killed him, but it didn't." So okay. 
Um, <laughs> but Sin Eaters, uh, hey, shotgun time, haha. And but then all of a sudden, Peter webs his shotgun shot and his shotgun, and then blows off Sin Eaters' hands. It looks it looks so disappointing. Like the the way it's drawn is so disappointingly. Uh, the way it's drawn is. I'm sorry, it is. It's awful. Mm-hmm. He's like, <laughs> even though he should be like screaming and writhing in pain. I mean, oh, he well. is undead technically, and, and that's a black right. guy and some pretty good artwork throughout most of the rest of the issue. Yeah. yeah. So, um, Peter Peter does a nothing can stop the Juggernaut style move and moves and moves away from the innocents and hopes that Juggernaut doesn't bring the whole street down underneath him. Meanwhile. All the interested parties are converging on the building site, and Kindred is say it with me, everybody. Pontificate. Uh, no, no one did it this time. God damn it! I'm so mad. Pontificating. <laughs> That's anyways, it's the, Pee-wee, it's uh, the Pee-wee's Playhouse word of the day. Yeah. Um. So, Kindred's butt blasted that Peter won't just give up and die. So. He, I guess, sends all the Sinister Six teams to fight him. Uh, and Peter is in for the fight of his life. Uh, you see in the corner, Doc Ock is, has like knocked out Black Ant and is like fiddling with one of his antenna. But then Morlin gets Peter. And here's where... Um, how, here's how we know Spencer is leaving Marvel for good. Is that uh, <laughs> Boomerang jumps in Morlin's sucky suck power and dies. Yes. That's right. That's right. Spencer's pet character who has survived through superior yeah. foes, Secret Empire, and ASM is dead. F in the chat, lads. Uh-huh. We lost a true G. <laughs> so yeah, Boomerang's corpse falls to the ground and Peter loses it. You killed him! And Peter goes into Moreland like no other. And uh, the superior foes... Oh, and Hydra-Man, I guess. He's there. Uh, they surround uh, Boomerang's corpse and Beetle has like an actually serious moment none of this is right no matter what happens we're all going to die he just chose to die on his own terms Very and clever. and as Peter is uh, knocking down some girders to buy himself some time the superior foes turn the tides by uh, turning on the other Sinister Six teams it's no longer just Peter he has the superior foes behind him mm-hmm. and What's surprising is that Kinder doesn't go just as planned, all according to Keikaku, yet again, like they would do in Young Justice. No, he's actually shocked. Like, he didn't see this coming. And so, now Doc Ock is, um, has another trick up his sleeve. And even though the superior foes are helping him, they're still getting wailed on by the, uh, the 30 or so villains that are near him. And as Kindred's celebrating, Dr. Octopus does, an, does a power play, and he uh, twists Black Ant's antenna to kill the centipedes, to overload the centipedes inside all the villains' brains, which causes them to pass out. And so Peter, then so Doc Ock does some uh, techno babble exposition that you'd see on Star Trek. Um, <laughs> and he says, uh, and and Peter's like, I knew you were out for Melina all along. And Doc Ock says, Screw <laughs> off, screw off, man. I'm I'm not here for you. <laughs> I did it because Kindred pissed me off. He didn't. Yeah. He 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 didn't follow through on his end. So I'm not. I'm out of here. I'm gonna take my ball somewhere else. And he walks away. Mm. And and that's literally the. That's there's one last page. Peter won, I guess. All the villains are dead. Oh well. 
No, they're not dead. They're all incapacitated. No, they're all unconscious. I'm I'm just I'm I'm exaggerating. But Peter's like, okay, time time to get back to work. Um Kinder just out there and he's got MJ. Time time to get to work. And meanwhile, we finally get some follow-up on uh Doctor Strange. He won! He he BTFO'd Mephisto in a game of roulette. Gotcha, bitch! Um <laughs> so Mephisto's is a point. He's like, well, I guess the house does lose from time to time. Doctor Strange asks, and Spider-Man? And Mephisto just walks into his pentagram room and says, I have a feeling a big loss is imminent to be concluded in ASM 73. Okay, so gentlemen. I can't really grade the issue because I didn't read the issue today. Then why did I just explain it to you? <laughs> I mean, I You're supposed so, to read the you supposed I, I was, to read was, the books before you come on the show. Well, it didn't go up at my source until very late in the afternoon when I was already recording another podcast, and then mm. I, I scrolled through it while you were doing your summary when it finally went up in my source. That's all I want to say about that. And yeah, uh, source. but oh, but um, yeah, source. Oh, but overall, I just uh, I mean, the main book is more important. I do want to know what the hell Mephisto <laughs> won back. I know what we hope he won for. I know not Mephisto, but Strange won for from Mephisto. I know what we hope he won, but yeah, there we go. Thank Pac you, Man. Yeah, there yeah, we Pac go. Man. That's our word. That's the Pee Wee's word of the day. All right, so uh, Greg, uh, since I ended it with you, uh, I'll give it a B plus. I mean, it was it was good. <laughs> it wasn't anything spectacular, but uh, I thought. I thought Boomerang had a good death scene, and I thought, and I liked how his team just decided F Kindred. And but at the same time, it's all very middle chapter, and this is the final chapter of an actual comic. I didn't feel there was any need to divide them up like this. Just make it all ASM and have ASM be. They wanted that. They wanted that issue. Uh, no, I, I tell you, that's purely marketing. Let's be real. Uh, this was this was this was wanting them to do. To a return of Ben Riley in issue in, in a seventy fifth issue, it, exactly. milestone issue. Yeah, a milestone issue. I know, I know. Back to back hey, milestone. Hey, hey, uh, marketing guys, you see this? <laughs> Twenty five years, almost to the day of, of the death of Ben Riley. So well, that's I, right. I, it I, is. So I mean, I I, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, they, they I, don't do cover dates anymore on on these books, but I mean, this would have been, uh, you yeah. know, seventy five would be cover date in December. And um, obviously, uh, that was the same. It was cover date 1996, December 96, uh, released in October of uh, 1996. It was so, released in October, I remember. Yeah, because it was obviously close to Halloween. It's two weeks before Halloween, October 16th, 1996. I remember um, quite well. So, yeah, I don't got much to add, um, but I'll jump over to Neil. What's your grade? I'm giving it an A. Um, unlike the last two issues, which just felt like meanderous and, you know, just action, 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 this felt like it had more of a point to it. It felt good seeing Peter finally stand his ground instead of just running away um, and using and using his enemies against each other. Uh, I genuinely didn't see Boomerang dying coming. I thought that, like, Boomerang was going to live and, like, save the day. And he kind of did in a way, but it was more like a ancillary kind of... Mm-hmm. Save the day. He bought, in he, a way bought that, he bought Peter a, a that, little bit of time. And in a way that doesn't overshadow Peter as the hero of his own book, like a lot of people complain happens. That said, I think Doc Ock kinda got that a little bit 
he kind of did he kind of did the winning blow and kind of just beat everybody but out of everybody that's involved in that situation if there's going to be a villain other than norman to get that to say enough's enough this was probably Otto in character in a way that I haven't seen. And I look, I think Otto was in character for the most part during Superior, but I have not seen this version of Otto, like a classic Otto in character since the JMS run. Well, um, I, I just want I just want to point out that like Otto like doing like um essentially nuking the field is kind of like he just beat like all 30 members of the, of the sinister teams by himself. And like he, he earned a double, like it made sense. Like he used black ants powers effectively to, de- yeah. to defeat Kindred. And I like that Kindred didn't just go smirking and go, I planned for this all along. What are you going to do now? Peter <laughs> Buckaroo. <laughs> um, like it, it, you can see the arrogance of Kindred in here. And I, I do agree with that. Like Kindred honestly thought that he, he'd stack the deck to the point where, there's no way Peter's getting out of this. No way. And no way. That, but, that, but he didn't predict on Boomerang being did, the deciding factor. Didn't predict Boomerang and didn't predict even though Doc doesn't understand. His he brain, didn't predict Doc Doc. He didn't. He, you know, uh, Doc Ock is, is no one's patsy. And so he's that's a petty MFR in character uh, for Otto to do that. So I, I'm, I, I think it's a. A good moment, and it kind of ties. Alexa, turn off the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it, oh, you know, <laughs> it just went off. Okay, uh, I, I'm taking the opening. It also shows that, assuming Kindred still is Harry, assuming he isn't the manipulator his father is either. No, and, with every gun there is, he still couldn't do it. Well, think about it for a minute. Uh. Harry, outside of the robot parents thing, mm-hmm. most of Harry's stuff ends up failing at the very end. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's it's always like, it's like short, failure. it's short term W's. Yeah, it's always yeah. it's always small victories. It's funny because you sit there and, and you see Mephisto saying, you know, you can enjoy small victories. Well, that's a lot of what Harry's schemes were. Were the all these little small victories when the, when it came when push came to shove when the when the gloves were down. Harry ultimately always lost, and if you if you believe Norman, you know all the times that Norman was like you, you know, you were always disappointment. He is he is not his father's son, and his schemes don't always work. Adam, thoughts? Um, what's your? I liked for- it. Uh, a minus. Um, I liked it. I. I liked it. I liked that it was still pretty fast paced, but I think that, that kind of worked against Boomerang's death. That felt like it happened very quickly, and there wasn't a lot of room there for it to really, for it to breathe and for it to really hit you. But right. uh, but I mean, I it's still you know the big battle thing. There's no time, I guess. I mean, and the the superior foes kind of had that moment i suppose but it was it just seemed kind of fast for me um bagley killed it on the art here and i want to say that like i i get why like well at least i think i get why this wasn't just him doing all the art but man if he did all the art here i'd say i'd go as far as saying that this would be like his huge magnum opus oh that like, this that's would be his, the splash yeah. page 
inf- doing all the like yeah the, the, i call it the ramita jr yeah if, yeah i'm looking at it right now yeah it's, yeah. it's that is it's incredible Chef's kiss. But this is this is still I this is still like career defining work though I would say even you know even this far into his career and how many people can Very, say that It's uh, truthfully I think the only person that can really claim that honestly other than other than Bagley right now is is Ramita Jr. especially yeah. because I mean he had very he had a distinct run in the 80s he had a distinct run in the 90s and yes, it was more of a continuous thing once he got off Peter Parker and jumped over to ASM. But you know, he had some. He had three dis- very distinct, very unique runs, and I, you're getting the same thing with Bagley here. You had his first ASM yeah. run, you had his Ultimate Spider-Man run, which is which would be a career definer for anybody, and then for him to come back here and just kill it every time he was on the book. Um, I, I, it's really, it, I'm really glad that they brought Bagley in. It, you know, as as much of it as as it as it sucked to lose Otley, um, yeah. to get you know, to lose an Otley but gain a Bagley, I think is a massive win for the Spidey. Yeah, because because it was job. just it was just, and like I, like I think we've all kind of said before, it was it just kind of feels like Spider Man and it's familiar and it's like you know welcome back you know. I think yeah. it was an art error. On, on the page where Doc Ock is walking away, Boomerang's body is just also there. He's just kind of leaning against yeah. a pile of rubble, even though he's supposed to be, like, perma-dead. Oops. Well. He got but, better. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably... He'll get better, maybe. Who knows? Again, also, the, the one thing that we haven't really touched upon is this kindred... The part of the, the thing with kindred stuff, too, is the fact that it's also a commentary on the death... In the Mar- on death in general in the Marvel Universe. We sit there and think about it. I mean, has been brought back and been killed off and brought back and killed off. And, and now we can definitively say outside of Gwen and Ben throughout this run, everybody's been brought back. Uh, ben, Gwen, and uh, Captain Stacy. So it, Frederick I, Foswell I, I think, was brought I back. I think there was still more story that, that Spencer was going to tell. Um, but obviously we're getting this, you know, we got, we got really two issues. You know, we got a regular issue and then a, a triple sized issue. So, um, yeah. Um, is next week 74 or 73? I think so. 70, 73 is next week. Okay. ASM 74 is on the 25th. Yeah. Batten so, down the 22nd, I think. I so think it's going to be batting down the hatches. I think it's going to be controversial no matter what happens. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's going to be very unique to see, um, Guys, give us your thoughts in the comments, what you guys think about what we've talked about tonight, and uh, go from there. Um, Soflo is giving it some grades. He gave it, he gave it an A. I think he gave the other one a B. Um, I, I'm loving some new faces in the chat, by the way. Radiac and Elijah, welcome to the welcome to the show. Uh, you guys, welcome. Are, we are so happy. Um, the, yeah. Matt Unger says, "I really wish this retroaction train would just go away in comics." You're right. I, Here, here's the. I've, here, I've here's had a better the, idea. Just stop killing off characters all the time, and you won't have to do that. Yeah. There was a time when, if you didn't see the body, they weren't dead. A character can fall off a cliff. Just don't find the body. <laughs> that's it. Just stop killing characters off. Then you won't have to resurrect them. Well, you know, that's. I'll say this. You know, we have a death here, here with uh, with Boomerang, and at least that Spencer went out of his big character death means something. 
I was surprised yeah, that like he that he killed off his pet character, but I guess he's like, if I can't yeah. have Boomerang anymore, then nobody else can have him. None of you can. Um, yeah, I still want a Marvel Legend of, of Overdrive. By the way, you 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 want to you want to you want a real you want a really hot take. Yeah, uh, no, it's not really. It's probably not. It's probably not a controversial take, but like maybe some characters should just like retire and pass on the mantle to others. I don't know. Like it's sort of like Jeopardy, where like everyone's like, maybe we should just keep this thing going. It's like. No, I want a sense of finality or something. Maybe I don't want this gravy train yeah. to keep on going. As much as I love the character of Spider-Man, at, sure. some, at, some, at some point, much like the occupation of Afghanistan, some things have to end. <laughs> well, well, what did I, mean, I say honestly, about we're, we're, we're going to of... stay out of that element? But you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> needle. Uh, what did I say? Hey, remember what I said at the beginning of the show about how I tweeted JMS? Is there a version of Spider-Man in the world of B5 regain his powers after the Earth and Bari War due to the slide in timeline? Look, man, I'm just saying some things can go on forever. Uh, yeah, so we got some... Got it's, us all. it's scary to think that, that these <laughs> characters are going to outlive us, though. Really, uh, uh, questions brings the, the existential they have, dread they out. Have, they have more worth to them than we do. We, we are... Inherently worthless. <laughs> Meanwhile, we are I have this the... right here, and this is ending due to author. That's probably worth there. more than your. That's probably worth more than your life. <laughs> Jesus. All right. So let's do some comments from in the peanut gallery. Let's go through and uh, go from there. Um, we don't have any voicemails uh, lately, so if you oh. want to leave us a voicemail, let us know. But like, we're gonna get some final comments from everybody. Um. Also, go on the YouTube page. I have not checked the YouTube lately, uh, couple, last couple days, but uh, go to youtube.com slash Radio Network and become a subscriber today. Um, I'm excited that we finally were able to get that URL situation. Oh, yes. So much better than, than what we were having to do. Yes. Um, I do want to talk about, and I'll give you guys a chance to think about it, but I do want to kind of talk about one year in now. We are a year in. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. We've been not quite twice a month. Uh, there's been some months. Uh, we, we obviously had the one uh, episode in June, uh, or the, the big birthday episode, because we had the birthday of the website. Um, so first of all, I want to thank some people. Um, guys that I have not been able to get on lately, guys like Brian Cochran and his son. I wish he was on. wish he was a part of this. Uh, but thank you, Brian. Uh, thank you to... Um, to Kelly, I know she was on an episode, uh, but she hasn't been able to come back on. Uh, but you can always catch she, her up. She, she, she was on for ten episodes. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, she was on. Yeah, she's on ten episodes. She's on almost half the run. So she, Kelly's she, obviously she, she she was on up until ASN eight fifty. That's right. And then and then she went to go run make my mayday. I wish. Yeah. I'm hoping she. I'm hoping she comes back for the last episode. Yeah, I, I would oh, like yeah. to have everybody back uh, for the for the for the big finale, but. Uh, Obviously, thank you to Adam and Neil. You guys have been on almost every episode. Uh, you guys have been a great addition. Of course, Greg, you, you know how I feel. Thank about you. It. I uh, didn't want to talk about Hunted. That's the only reason I wasn't on for that one. Uh, yeah, right. I, I think Neil and Adam only missed one episode each. Um, Paul has been in and uh, out. That's, it's maybe been like yeah. a couple now, but I'm, I'm there for like 95% or whatever, whatever. It's a, yeah, who hoping, cares? We're I'm all, hoping, I'm, we're I'm doing it. To, it's fun. I'm, ho I'm hoping, I'm hoping to be there for, um, all of season two. Once we get into the beyond, uh, Oh God, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that the, release schedule though. This, ep this episode brought to you by the beyond corporation. Yeah. I need to make, so some, I need to make some merch. We're going to sit down and we're going to have a big, like 
don't want to call it a corporate meeting, but we're going to have like a big group meeting <laughs> about how we want to, how we want to approach uh, the show. Um, are we going to go weekly? Um, obviously my work situation will be kind of dictating on that, but uh, we're going to come on that. I wouldn't, be able, no. I wouldn't be able to commit to weekly anyway. So, <laughs> right. It'd be, it'd be, it's, it's going to be hard. Uh, we do want review. I do want some more reviewers and a rotating review staff um, for the front page. So if you feel like you can write and you want to send me a sample review, uh, you can always send me an email at network at gmail.com. I will look at it and I will uh, give you and things that I'm looking for. Um, I, I'm pretty simple. It, you know, I don't like things being broken down by pro con grade on brick reviews. I'd rather you just be able to pontificate your thoughts in one coherent structure. <laughs> um or heavy on the thoughts and less on the recap, so that way people can go back and read it. Um, things you like, think you, you know, you can point out things specifically with the artwork and stuff. But uh, so yeah, if you want to just leave me a you know review on that, that is something that we want to do. We want to expand our staff. Um, I so I, I want to talk about the last year. Um, I want to start by saying something publicly that I've said privately, but I want to say it publicly. Uh, 15 years ago, I started podcasting on the Spider-Man Crawl Space, and I wouldn't be sitting here doing the show. I wouldn't have the equipment that I have. I wouldn't have uh, this microphone. I wouldn't have this lovely um, soundboard. Uh, you, wouldn't have, you, wouldn't have, you wouldn't have your Nevada a basement. You know, I, I wouldn't have... Um, I wouldn't you have all, all this fun stuff. Uh, probably I wouldn't be pot certainly wouldn't have, wouldn't have met some of the people I've met over the years. So a big happy 15th anniversary of the crawl space. Uh, big thank you to Brad for giving me my start. But a year ago I left in last May, not this last May, but the previous May, May of 2020. And uh, one of the goals I set out for myself personally was to, uh, was to start a show and do my own thing. And, um, these guys have been so instrumental uh, and being a part of it. Paul also, he's in the comments, I think. He left. Oh, he had to leave. Um, yeah. I'm so thankful for Paul. And uh, somebody put it, send him a DM him on the, in the chat so he can hear this. Um, <laughs> you know, Paul's been an incredible asset to the, to the show, to the site. Brian has written numerous reviews for the site, that, and I'm not trying to replace Brian. Uh, but I know it's going to be a very tough workload to try to get, uh, you know, weekly, damn near weekly reviews. Um, when I started this network in October, it will be year 12. We started Clone Saga Chronicles. Um, it was around this time that we started recording the first episode. Um, I never thought I would be doing my own Spider modern Spider-Man show. But I'm glad I have. Um, it's been a journey for those that have been with us. Guys like SoFlo, guys like Vinkman. Uh, Vinkman's been with us from the very, very beginning. Um, I just... I, I'm so thankful for those that have tuned in. Um, I'm thankful for new people that jumped on. We have 100 subscribers now uh, in a year. Now, granted, um, I, I, I would love to have more, but we accomplished that goal in a year. We started with yeah. zero. We started this show. Yep. We started this this channel 
with zero in subscribers. Ca- in a cave with a box of scraps. <laughs> we did. Uh, it, I am in a cave now. Um, <laughs> my, 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 my voidless wall. And, and uh, literally the only thing I have here is a bed, my computer, a small desk, and snacks. Um, well, very soon you'll be in a personal in a in a personal space that is all yours again. Decor the way you like it. Yeah. Uh, personal note: uh, if you use U-Haul and they tell you not to put on your own locks when they're out of locks for sale, uh, tell them to go pound sand because uh, otherwise you get stuff <laughs> stolen. Mm. Now, granted, uh, I've gotten most of that stuff back because uh, they weren't foolish enough to get rid of it, but they bent my tray. And I'm still pissed off about it. Mm. Um, so, you know, what I want to accomplish in year two, final thing about re- being retrospective. Year two, I want to get, um, I- I'm still waiting on, on some answers on Forgotten Era. That may get delayed until the winter. Uh, I want to do it right. I want to do it different from CSC. Um, obviously, the CSC finale is going to, is going to happen. Um, I, I, it is going to happen. Uh, we're going to close that chapter and then open the Bentley chapter up. Um, and um, but if you really, uh, my goal is I'm going to get try to get all the Spec Radio episodes and all the CSC episodes here on the channel. So if you have not listened to those and you and you're a fan of the channel, you'll get those. That's that is something I'm going to try to do between now and the end of the year, especially with Ben Riley being a part of the uh, of Spider Man and uh, it'll be a new and different way to listen to the show. Um, there will be a new intro, by the way, uh, for the early, early episodes. <laughs> um, but I'm so excited. I, 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 you know, I can't, I can't wait to do the commentaries. I can't wait to do the Forgotten Era. I can't wait to do Voices from the Eerie and participate in that show. Um, and more make my mate. And so um, I'm so thankful for Kelly and that show. Uh, we've blown way past where. Our old show made a Mondays ended um, prematurely, and we've forged our own path. And we're almost done with Volume One of, of Spider Girl. We're, we'll, by the time we get done with tomorrow's episode, it'll be issue seventy. We'll have thirty issues left of the first volume, and then we'll have the twenty-five issues of the second uh, of a, Amazing Spider Girl. And then we'll uh, we'll also start getting into pretty soon the uh, the other two miniseries. And uh, so I'm excited about that. Like last hero standing, last planet standing. Um, there was an A next and a Fantastic Five mini too that came out during that period of time. So if you like, if you like MC two, that's the place to you. Um, so Vigman left us a question in the comments. Um, before you go, question for Greg: How do you prefer reading and collecting your comics? Individual issues, collected editions, digital, or a combination of all three? I have I haven't really made the leap over to digital, so a combination of the two. But these days I don't have a local comic shop anymore, so I read them online and then I buy the trades, especially if I like the book. I have... but, now, but but I don't collect old vintage issues now. I I'm buying omnibuses, although that's going to come to an end soon. I've got Amazing Spider-Man Volume Five on pre-order at Amazon, plus Fantastic Four Volume Three and Four on pre-order and. Those will be expensive, but uh. yeah, I keep I keep checking out Ollie's, hoping that there will be because uh, I found some Guardians of the Galaxy trades that were just ridiculously priced. Um, but yeah, uh, 
I read I'm I the Spencer run got me getting individual issues again. And for a while I wasn't. Um and right now I'm not just because of geographic stuff and I haven't found a comic shop down in Houston yet. Like in my area. I've got I know where one's at, but it's like with Neil and I don't really frankly want to drive an hour plus to <laughs> get my comics to go. No offense to Neil. Yeah. Uh that's fine. I I used to drive half an hour to work, and then I would get my comics on the way back. But eventually, no, I just quit my job and got a new one. Yeah. So uh, I, I I read a combination of the three. Like I'm my next. I haven't done it yet, but I'm going to eventually get the Clone Saga omnibuses, omnibuys, um, and then I I think I'm going to start looking at getting uh, ASM collected. Uh, but I've been going back and trying to recollect a lot of the issues I had as a kid in preparation for Forgotten Era. Um, I went back and I'm rebuying a lot of the issues I had as a kid because I used to like fall asleep with my comics and then they the, they would just fall apart. I would mm-hmm. read them so often. And so um, I'm going to have my reader versions and then my collector versions. So... Uh, but yeah, I, I, so I, I'll, you know, collect, I will get collected editions like spider girl. I will get all of those, um, because those are just easier for me to read to my daughter, um, and go from there. So, uh, big thanks to Vinkman for helping me damn near complete my, uh, my spider girl, uh, collection. And I'm going to tell this, um, the first Big night. thanks to Vinkman for being such a frequent supporter. Yeah, thank you, Vinkman, for being the supporter that you are and continued support that you do. Um, there will be some more exclusive goodies for the Patreons, like I mentioned it before. Um, wanting to grow that and make that bigger and better and better. Uh, so that's that's kind of the plan for year two of Spidey Experience. Obviously, we're going to jump forth headlong, headfirst into uh, the craziness of Spider-Man Beyond. Um, so that'll be something that'll be really good. So, um, all right, Neil, did you want to jump in on Greg's on the question? Even though Greg answered it, Same I thing. do a bit of all. I do a bit of all three. I have a little collection on my shelf um, of trades. I've got three. I've got three long boxes right down here with a staples button. Yeah, see, that was easy. Hmm. I think of icy hot. <laughs> but yeah, I've got three long boxes worth of comics down there, and I've got about a thousand comics on Comicsology. Not including trades. Yeah, uh, Adam. Um, I do a combination. I like getting collected editions a lot. Uh, I think that's. I mean, lately, I think that's just the the most worth it. You know. Um, I agree. You know, you get like twelve issues or whatever for like however much that is, and I like doing that. I like having. I like having the you know the books on the shelf. It looks good. Um, uh, I I do I do digital ish. Um, it's you know it's convenient. I don't really mind it. Um, but really there there really isn't uh, nothing can really replace that feeling of you know the physical copy. The smell um, of the books in your hand. Exactly. Well, yeah, the smell is. <laughs> what the time is seven. I'm out of this world comic shop. Yeah, like like the, the, when I so as everybody knew I, and we talked about, I moved completely to Houston, 
And I had to leave my comic shop back home and behind, and they've been so great with me, and, and they're going to be shipping um, uh, my books to my house, uh, at least for now, so I can find me a shop up there. My wife still has a giant box of Funkos that we got to we got to. <laughs> I've got a giant box. I've got a giant box of vinyl just lying in my cabinet. <laughs> so um, yeah, Bankman, and I also heard what you offered me, and and I am interested. I'm not going to go into details, but uh, until later but uh sorry buddy i hadn't got a chance to respond it's been a crazy couple of weeks but yeah uh, like i say i'm really excited we're really excited everything is uh really great i'm still up in nebraska obviously working and i'll be up here for the foreseeable future until uh i can get a good paying job down there um love my job so but yeah for the record but yeah no i'm going to uh so with that i'm gonna begin wrapping up this episode and uh so big thanks once again to our good friends at patreon.com guys like finkman jurgen new patreon subscriber scott and greg thanks again greg for your contributions as well if you want to be a part of the program of course you can always leave us a voicemail 818-925-6631 us on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash Radio Network. And you can find us on Twitter at Radio. If you want to follow me there, you can also follow me at SpideyDude on Twitter as well. Facebook and Instagram at SpideyDude Network. We'll be doing some more Instagram stuff for that. Of course, you can always catch Neil on the Bogan Rider Variety Hour. Whenever that comes out, I don't know. We're working on it. He's working on He's working on getting a consistent schedule. It was on Saturdays. Paul's not here, but you can check out his YouTube channel, The Comic Binge. Follow him on Twitter at Herman22. You can always follow at Erie from Greg XB. Make my Maydays Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be covering Spider Girl 70 or 67 through 70 next episode on Make Mine Maydays. So we hope to follow you then. Of course, we thank everybody for listening to this episode, and we appreciate you audio listeners as well. Leave us some reviews and we'll read them later on. So thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time here on the Spidey Dude Experience. Almost done with season one. Season two going to be starting in just a few weeks. We'll see you next time, a couple weeks, where we cover two more issues, maybe three weeks, uh, two more issues of The Amazing Spider-Man and wrap up the Spencer run. So hope to see you there. Hope to see you then. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.